You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast, the number one source for hunting and fishing information, strategy and tactics, as well as conversations surrounding conservation efforts and other outdoor activities in the great state of Iowa. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast starts right now. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be talking about springtime bass fishing. Uh, And we're going to be talking with returning guest Todd Reed, and Todd is going to walk us through uh, where he thinks the bass are this time of year, what they're doing, what kind of lures to throw, and a whole bunch of different scenarios, whether you're in a river or on a lake or on a farm pond, whether the water is dirty, whether the water is clear. Uh, Todd is going to walk us through a whole bunch of different scenarios that hopefully will uh, get you some information that you need on what you need to throw and what you need to do uh, to locate some of these, uh, these bass. Now, Let's see, it was a couple Mondays ago, I went on a little fishing adventure with my my father-in-law, and he took me to a farm pond, and uh, we were running some really, uh, some some bottom lures, I think it was a jig and pig, and I, I mentioned that, I mentioned this on uh, the podcast, but man, we ran into them, I had to switch up baits uh, from a darker bait to a lighter bait, and I had to quicken the retrieval, and for some reason when I did that, uh, that changed the game and the fish started to bite and I ended up catching four bass that were really close to four pounds and uh, that's that's some of the biggest bass that I've caught in a while I'm not I, I don't pretend to be a uh, an expert when it comes to fishing it's just something I love to do uh, when it's not uh, deer hunting because I'm a deer I'm a deer freak and uh, like turkey hunting and uh, fishing are things I do when you can't do, you know, when you can't deer hunt. So, uh, I had some, I had some really good success. We caught about 30 fish between the two of us and, uh, it was a really fun day. I got my first sunburn of the year because, uh, I didn't bring the suntan lotion and, uh, that's a learning experience, but also from a Turkey standpoint, uh, this past weekend was the second season, uh, shotgun season for Turkey. And, uh, like I always do, I take my wife out, uh, during uh, this, uh, this time of year and she was able to hammer a a really beautiful Tom right off the roost. We made a couple calls. He flew down out of the tree. He uh, worked his way up towards uh, the decoys. Uh, Next thing you know, my wife shot him and it was like 615, right? Uh, Real early in the morning, later that day, my, uh, my stepdad shot a awesome tom and then uh, the next day my stepbrother got one unfortunately i wasn't able uh to shoot a turkey they they were really henned up and uh, as soon as they flew out of the tree it was almost like they shut up so uh it was tough but uh like i said uh, turkey's a secondary animal for me and uh i i have no problem not getting one as long as uh i i you know help my wife get one that makes me happy 
So, today, we're going to be talking with Todd Reed about springtime bass fishing. I hope you're ready. Let's just get into the podcast right now. All right. On the phone again with me, Mr. Todd Reed. How you doing, man? Hey, doing fine today. You been ripping any lips lately? Uh, I've been able to get out a few times uh, this month, and, you know, ice fishing season wasn't that far ago, so... uh, but yeah, been out on the boat a few times already. Yeah. Now, I've been on the boat for a tournament with my father-in-law before, and I take it you spend way more time on a boat throughout uh, a year than I do. What What is your like go-to food source on the boat? Go-to food source. Like snacks, or do you bring a pack lunch with you, or are you the kind of guy yeah. like my father-in-law who doesn't eat at all throughout the whole day, then comes home and just eats, 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 eats? No, if I'm um, if I'm out practicing for a tournament, or, or even out fun fishing for a day, if it's a long length of time, six to eight hours, I always have to have something to eat. My body just doesn't, doesn't perform well uh, when I'm hungry. Uh, water's a big thing. Yeah. I learned that years and years ago. Um, ended up getting kidney stones in the middle of summertime, and doctor pretty much said that was the reason why I was on the boat so much and not drinking water. And that's a big thing. Stay stay hydrated, especially in the summertime. But uh, yeah, I'm I need something to eat throughout the day. I'll either pack a sandwich or uh, deer sticks. Yep. Are a, are a mainstay in the boat it seems like <laughs> uh so you know a pack of deer sticks go a long ways a turkey and cheese sandwich and uh you know that pretty much sets you sets me up for the whole day perfect perfect yeah i've always i always curious because i talk a lot about deer hunting and what people bring to the stand i used to be the kind of guy who you know would stop at the gas station load up on sugar you know, candy bars and apple pies and all the junk food and then I'd be tired almost the whole day. And I yep. I recently changed that to like baby carrots and apples. And I'm still tired, but I don't have that big crash. You know, like, oh, right. I gotta fall. I'm going to fall asleep type of deal. Yeah, you got to keep your body going to keep that mind going. You got to stay sharp. That's so. right. That's right. All right. So today we're going to talk about spring fishing specifically for bass and, uh, it's spring and I've been bass fishing in, in some farm ponds. Uh, what it was last Monday and I had some real good success with uh, a variety of things, but, um, let's start off on a real high level here. Um, is there anything that we need to know as far as where bass are living, what they're doing? Uh, cause if I'm not mistaken, we're getting close to spawn for bass. Is that correct? Uh, spawn is still quite a ways out there. I mean, even water temperatures, you know, they, you can read all sorts of, um, documents, biologists reports and things. I mean, bass will spawn 55 to 60 degrees in that area, but it needs to be, the water temperature needs to be that for a long suspended time. Uh, typically, typically in Iowa, you know, if it's a real, small body of water, fairly shallow, you know, ponds, um, you know, county lakes, that type of thing. You could see spawn go, you know, early part of May, middle May, uh, the bigger uh, lakes, you know, then you're going to push that back to later May. I've seen bass on beds in smaller 
uh, you know, central Iowa lakes at first part of June even. So it really depends on the body of water and even the, you know, recent weather. You yeah. know, we, we just had a huge cold front sweep through the state uh, last week. Uh, temperature this morning when I was driving to school was 30 degrees. Yeah. The backwater of uh, the river here in town had some skim ice on it even. Oh wow! Uh, this morning, so you know the the temperature varies so much this time of year that it really is dependent on you know the current weather condition. You know, within the last couple of days. Now, you know, Saturday was a nice day, for example. Yesterday was pretty decent. Today it's a nice day. Tomorrow's supposed to be seventy here in eastern Iowa. I mean. If, if I would pick a day to fish, it would be tomorrow. Boy, if I could take a day off and <laughs> go fishing tomorrow, it would be the day. That's three nicer days, uh, a little bit of wind mixed in to warm that water up, and then tomorrow, 70 and sunny. I mean, it, it could be a, a fantastic day out there on the water. Absolutely. So really current current conditions uh, really, really play a huge role in catching bass in April. You know, they like that stable weather and just that stable warming trend of whatever body water they're in, whether it be a, a small river or, you know, a large lake here in the state, too. Gotcha. So, in you know, in association with the the temperature, right, and then we know that uh, that 55, 60-degree water temperature is when bass like to spawn. What, mm-hmm. what are the fish doing right now? Right now, uh, again, they, they're going to follow that food source uh, on those warm, sunny days. Uh, you know, they're going to be going shallow. That's where all the insects are going to be. Plant life is starting to take off. Um, seeing some green weeds here and there. Uh, last few weeks have been out. So once that plant life gets going, the insects, the larvae, the whole food system kind of takes off. Uh, pan fishing takes off. Uh, you know, bluegills start getting active. And that, of course, is going to get the bass going. Um, now, something else to consider this time of year is uh, the crawdads coming out. Uh, they don't really hibernate in the winter, but they go into a, a big um, case of dormancy where they rarely move. They hunker down for the winter. And then when the water gets between 50 and 55, again, you know, biologist numbers, uh, those, those crawfish will come out and they'll, they'll start getting active. Gotcha. And, you know, they're, they're thinking about reproduction this time of year, too. So once they start crawling out, uh, that's it's like somebody switches the, the light switch on the bass bite. And when those crawdads come out, it's just automatic. Um, everybody's catching them everywhere, ponds, rivers, lakes. Uh, they just really go on a feeding frenzy once those crawdads come out. Okay. So is that what the, the fish are doing? You know, they're coming out of really cold temperatures not a lot uh going on in the i guess in in the the bodies of water there's not any real activity because everything's cold all the fish are just trying to basically stay alive are they going into like feed mode and they try to eat as much as possible or are they you know still easing into that or does it is it like what you said where a a switch is flipped and it's just they just go bananas um, you know, right away, like, you know, late Mar- this year, like late March, first couple of weeks of April here, uh, right after the ice went out, you know, it is a gradual warm up, like you said. Uh, you know, it's not an instant, you know, oh, the ice is gone, boom, you know, we're going to start eating all, all this food. Um, it, it, they gradually, you know, start going as their body temperature warms with the water temperature. 
the warmer the fish is, uh, the more they need to eat. You know, it's not like a human where we need, you know, three meals a day. Um, you know, middle of winter, a bass might eat, um, you know, a smaller fish and that might, a bluegill might last them for two weeks in the middle of winter, you know, and then they just kind of suck on some zooplankton, you know, between those two weeks. Whereas now as the water temperature is getting up, uh, you know, mid fifties, I've, I've, I've seen 60 once already this spring, um, kind of in the backwater area, sunny day, but you know, as that water temp goes up, their metabolism has, it speeds up. So they need more food on a daily basis. Um, so in the, in the peak hours of the day, uh, you know, like, you know, we're talking at four o'clock right now, it's, they're kind of starting to wind down for the day. Uh, whereas in the summertime right now is perfect time to be out because they're, they're ramping up for the night, you know, it's that, that evening bite. Uh, but really overall, it's a gradual warm up. but the, I caught some small moth last weekend and I mean, they were just fat. Uh, so I know they were, they, they've been feeding up on minnows and, you know, smaller bluegills and things like that. Uh, so they're, they're definitely out out and about and they they're definitely putting on a little feed bag right now not not quite to the full extent that we'll see here in another week or two uh, once the water water keeps warming up but you know they're very very close to you know really really starting to chase some bait down every single day okay so does it matter where uh, you're fishing like is there shallow water deeper water um, where where should we be focusing on these bass you know that that that's a day-to-day um, scenario you know you really have to experiment this time of year uh, you know on a sunny day uh, it, it was rather windy today so you know if, if I was out and about today you know the water the the weather is decent today, you know, temperatures were high fifties and sixties, but it was windy. Uh, so on a particular day like this, where the water was warming compared to in the past, uh, windy weather, uh, those windy shorelines are going to be great. Uh, rocky shorelines are fantastic this time of year because they hold some extra warmth and those, that's where those crawdads are going to be as well. So if they do, you know, kind of inch their way out, then, then that's an easy, easy meal for the bass. Uh, windy areas are always good in the spring. Uh, definitely rocky banks are always good uh, no matter the depth you know whether it's two foot or or 20 foot um, bank and uh, definitely on the on the warmer sunny days those those bays the coves uh, that are that are shallower than the main lake area uh, backwaters if we're talking about uh, like the Mississippi River or the smaller interior rivers we have those backwater areas are going to warm up and they're going to be teeming with, with bugs and insects uh, that are hatching. You know, each and every day there's, there's bugs that are hatching. And that, you know, again, that gets the minnows going, that, that gets the bluegills going. It just gets that whole um, food cycle, that food chain going in that body of water. So shallow can be very good this time of year. But then again, on the, you know, you flip the coin and if tomorrow's a big cold front that pushes through, well, I think later this week, actually, cold front's coming back where the highs are going to be in the 50s then those, those shallow bays are going to cool down real fast. So that's going to take away the, the bugs. That's going to take away the bluegills, and they're going to move out to a little deeper water, which is more stable water this time of year. It will have a stable um, water temperature. It won't go up and down and up and down so much like the shallower areas will in the backwaters. Okay. So with that said, is there a better time of day? Let's say 
you either have to go fishing before work or you got to go fishing after work. What's the what's the best time of day to to try to catch fish, uh, try to catch bass this yeah. year? Yeah, this, like this month, uh, you know, April and even most of May, uh, the middle of the day is going to be the best because that's when the water temperature is going to be the warmest. Uh, you know, the high peak of the sunlight is going to get those bugs going, that food that food chain going. Uh, so definitely middle of the day to, uh, you know, stay away from early morning because that's going to be the coolest part of the day. And even the last, you know, hour or so of the evening, the bite really shuts off this time of year um, towards dark. I don't even... I don't even pay attention to, to bass that time of that time of day, this time of year, because, you know, it's time to head home and, and call it a day pretty early this time of year. Whereas, you know, if we're talking three or four weeks from now, we get in the middle of May. Now that's when you want to start uh, even throwing spinner baits and buzz baits for those fish at, at the evening hour. So uh, very, very different from time to year, but right now, uh, you know, the next few months or next few weeks, uh, take that. You definitely want to focus middle of the day is going to be your best chance of, of getting the, the more bites. Yeah. Okay. Middle of the day. So are you talking around like lunchtime, one o'clock? Sure. Yep. Take your lunch break and go catch a few. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So I got to share an experience with you last Monday, bright, sunny day, warmer temps was absolutely gorgeous out. Uh, we went to some farm ponds and, uh, you know, we started throwing a jig and pig right off the bat, mm-hmm. darker colors, right? And not a lot of action, right? Uh, switched it up to a sw- swimming jig with mm-hmm. a, uh, again, darker blues and blacks colors. And the water was really clear. And we weren't getting a ton of bites. And then, all of a sudden, I, I switched to a brighter, like a silver and white with these, I don't even know, like, I'm not very good with... Uh, terminology with fishing equipment but it was uh i don't know it was a, a rubber crank you, you reel it in and the tail wig, wiggles around and oh sure like a, a paddle tail yeah what you'd call those yeah, yeah. So, something like that yeah. and um a really bright color and the second i did that it switched and mm-hmm. the fish started biting so does it matter? Like I know, I think I talked to you before about watercolor and what colors of baits that you should be throwing. Is there a, a a magic bean or a magic pill for this time of year of what you should be throwing? You know uh, exactly kind of what you said. That you know you you experimented with one color and you tried another color. Now if the water is real clear, I would have probably started with a more natural. Um, color swim jig like a, a green or like a bluegill color shad color um and and the trailer you know to match uh the blacks and blues are going to be better in the dirtier water fish can see that darker profile if the water is a little murky um so depending on water color that you know that's the first thing i do I look the boat and kind of look around at the water see how clear it is if the water's clear i'm going to pick a, a more natural color you know, the whites, the browns, green pumpkins, that type of thing. And then uh, if, it, if it's dirty, a little murky, uh, then, the you know, black and blue is, is fantastic um, gotcha. to go with. Yep. Gotcha. So, you know, with uh, a jig and pig or, uh, you know, one of those swimming jigs, we're real close to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know what 
where in the level, you know, whether you're going to fish a top water all the way down to a jigging pig that bounces off the bottom or whatever in between, how do you know what lure selection you're going to throw uh, in, in these different scenarios? Uh, water temperature uh, is going to tell me kind of what to start to experiment with. If, if the water temp is, is below 50 in the 40s, then I'm going to go with a jigging pig or I'm going to go with, the, you know, a plastic craw or plastic tube bait. You know, something that you can work really slow along the bottom because that's, that's their metabolism at that time. You know, they, if the water temp is 46 degrees, the bass's temp is 46 degrees. So they're going to be lethargic. Now you start getting over that 50-degree mark, and then, you know, lures like swim jigs, uh, chatter baits, spinner baits, uh, crank baits, you know, then they're going to have enough kind of energy, you might say, to chase something down a little bit. You know, and then once you get to that about 60-degree mark, um, top water is a fantastic uh, thing to experiment with. You know, buzz baits, poppers, uh, you know, the walking baits, uh, swim baits. Those are fantastic for that kind of 60-degree water and even, you know, high 50s because they'll start chasing. You know, they're, yeah. they're going to be chasing. You know, like you said, you know, water was – pretty good farm pond so the temperature is going to be pretty nice on a sunny day um you know they're they're going to chase some things down so you definitely want to experiment but you know as the years as the year progresses here into the summertime uh even into the spawn here in a few weeks they're, they're going to start chasing and it's because of the temperature you know water temperature tells us a lot and that's hard to do you know when you're fishing the shoreline of a river or a farm pond because you know, you, you don't you don't know what the water temp is. You can take your best guess with with uh, you know what kind of weather pattern we've been having, but you don't really know for sure. So I always start um, fast, and then I work my way back to slow. That's just kind of kind of what I do. Gotcha. So do you start on when you say fast? Do you start with you know a, a faster uh, retrieval? And then go to your bot, like a bottom, work in the bottom? Right. Okay. Right. Like, yep. Start with, uh, you know, I love swim jigs uh, for bass. They're, they're fantastic. Uh, you can work them around everything, cast them, you know, long distance. Um, they work well in, you know, sunny weather um, over over a spinnerbait, which is a little better in cloudy weather typically. But, uh, yeah, kind of start your retrieval. Uh, and then, you know, if you're not getting the bites right away and you think there should be fish there, you know, throw a, a tube or a craw or jig out and just kind of bounce it around for a little while. And, you know, you really, every day, you know, you really have to let the bass tell you what they want. Uh, you know, the, there is, like you said, there, there's no silver bullet out there. Uh, we all has our, have our favorite, you know, types of baits and, you know, what we like to throw in, in certain situations or, you know, all this crankbait works awesome at this lake. You know, I have I have some of those too. Uh, but really, we have to let the bass tell us each day, you know, what, what they want. Uh, I've seen it change overnight, you know, at, at tournaments and, you know, fishing on a Saturday and you go back out Sunday expecting the same thing and, and they're different. You know, something happened, whether the bait changed in the area, maybe a cold front came through. Uh, you really have to let them let them tell you, and that's why experimentation is huge. Uh, too many times I see people, you know, that I fish with, you know, they have their one or two baits that they're going to throw, and and that's it. And then at the end of the day, they're like, man, you caught 
you know, twice as many as I did, or I didn't get near the bites you did, or, well, you know, if you keep trying different things and, and you just got to figure it out day by day, it really is a, it's a puzzle and every day it's, it's a new puzzle. (laughs) So with that said, right, you got to let the bass tell you what to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Now I want to get really specific, and um, I actually went to your website, fishingwithtoddreed.com, right? And mm-hmm. uh, your last blog entry, um, you were fishing the Wapsie River. And I want to, I want to ask you about, about rivers versus lakes. Um, obviously, we have a moving body of water versus you know, a, a not-so-moving body of water. Um, and I think what we'll do is we'll start with, with rivers. Where are you focusing on uh, this time of year on on the rivers? Rivers right now, uh, just in the past week or so, the bass have really started to uh, get to the get to the current. Um, they really have, and I'm not sure the water temperature went up very quickly on interior rivers this year. Um, they were they were high at the beginning, and they they really started to drop in level. And a lot of times what that will do, you get those sunny days, the water's moving, it it will kind of speed up the warming process. Uh, so there, the water temperature really went up quickly in the smaller interior rivers. And, it, you know, it's gone down since then. But, um, you know, the water temperatures is a huge thing uh, with current. Again, it's all about what the bass can sustain during the day. If they're fighting current all day long and the water temperature is you know, high 40s, they physically cannot do it. They can't eat enough, chase down enough food to eat enough, to have enough energy to stay in that current when the water temperature is that low. Now, you you started getting the temperatures in the high 50s, and those fish just, it was like a migration, uh, especially with the smallies. All of a sudden, you get around a little bit of current on these rivers, and the smallies were going crazy. Uh, Now, the largemouth weren't there. Uh, they were still way out of the current. Uh, and they are a totally, you know, we, we all say bass fishing in Iowa, smallies and largemouth, but they are two totally different species uh, in rivers, especially interior rivers, uh, where there's not a lot of backwater, um, generally uh, speaking, compared to the Mississippi. But the largemouth are still relating to slack water areas, where, where there's some current, but not like the main channel current whereas the smallies right now are in it they they are feeding in the current um at the current time so they are their water their water temp their body temp is is enough where they can they can stand to be in in some current right now and, and feed up uh, whereas largemouth they're they're not quite there yet gotcha um they, they still need a little bit little bit more of this warm weather to get there yeah so other than what you've already said, I mean, what is what is the main difference between fishing for, uh, and, and I want to talk about bait specifically, uh, the difference between fishing for largemouth versus smallies. Mm-hmm. Uh, bait wise, it it really, you know, you can throw a spinner bait out and catch a largemouth one cast, and the next cast catch a smallmouth. Um, you know, they're 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 predators. You know, if they're in the chasing mood, they're going to chase something down and hit it. Now, with with uh, soft plastics or slower baits, you know, if you're throwing a you know a three eighth ounce jig with a with a plastic chunk on the back, you're 
you're not going to catch as many smallies as largemouth. It's just, I think it's just too big for a smallmouth to chase down and, and eat. Um, whereas it's perfect size for, a, you know, even a pound and a half or two pound largemouth. They'll suck that jig in and, and, you know, not even think twice. Whereas a smallmouth, you're just not going to catch them. Um, not saying that, I shouldn't say that. You're not going to catch as many fish doing that. Whereas if you throw, uh, I love Texas rig tubes fantastic bait to throw for for bass um but smallmouth really love them uh four inches you know just texas rig them uh with a sliding bullet sinker and smallies just love those just love them uh smaller worms they love smaller worms too like a four inch finesse worm um on texas rig or shaky head i've caught quite a few on those already this year uh, but again i wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily throw a shaky head with a small worm for largemouth. Now, largemouth love tubes, jigs. Both species love, you know, spinner baits, chatter baits, crank baits. Uh, shallow crank baits can be a fantastic weapon this time of year for both species. Um, but yeah, it's more finding them in the in the current or out of the current, and and really trying them up. You know, if you're fishing an area and it looks awesome and you're throwing a, a jig and a chunk and you're just not getting any bites, you know, if you try a smaller bait like a, a soft plastic craw or a little worm, you know, there may be some smallies in there waiting for you, and but they're just not going to hit that jig today. Um, so try something a little smaller, and those smallies will they'll let you know if they're in there. They're going to hit you hard. Great, great. Now let's switch it over to lakes, right? What's the what are you what are you doing differently from the river to the lake? Lakes this time of year are they're very hit or miss. Um, they the water temperature stays pretty consistent. Uh, you're not going to get a huge difference in like the temperature in a cove as to like a main lake point. The water temperature is not going to be that big. I think this time of year bass in lakes move a lot more than we think they they're kind of always on the prowl it almost seems like you might catch them on points one day in the spring and then the next day you only get a bite maybe they're inside the cove you know 50 yards or something uh i think they're really on the move this time of year where it's very hard to pattern them where you can go out one day catch them here go out the next day catch them there catch them there they're they're very, I don't know if they're just, just nomadic almost this time of year. They're always, they're always cruising, always looking for that next, uh, you know, that next meal. And I don't think they really settle in, you know, like the fish can on a river because that current's always bringing them food. Whereas a lake, they kind of have to go out and find the food, you know, where's that next hatch at, um, for insects. And then, well, that's where the bluegills are going to be. So that's where the bass have to go find so I think they move a lot more than, than we think. Uh, main lake points are always a great place to start this time of year, uh, just because it gives you the best of both worlds. They're going to have some shallow edges. They're going to have a deep edge. Uh, they're going to be a lot of points. There's going to be a channel bend that, that swings up to them on, on the larger lakes in the state. And then you've got the quick access to go back and, and try a cove, too. Um you know, in a lot of points in Iowa, the DNR does a great job. They, they cover them with rock uh, for erosion purposes, but, you know, that attracts all the bugs and crawdads and, and the bass, too. So points are always a great place to, to check out in the spring. 
Uh, and then as kind of the grass starts growing in some of the lakes and those, those coves start getting better and better and, and, you know, before long, topwater fishing, yeah. <laughs> throw it as far as you can and, and let them, let them show you where they're at. Uh, that's always fun to do too in May. Are, are you focused on any type of structure this time of year, like underwater trees or I don't know, holes or anything like that? I think depth is more important than, than the actual type of structure this time of year, uh, just because of, of the bait they're trying to find. Uh, you know, rocks, again, they're, they're fantastic. They're going to have bugs. They're going to have crawdads here pretty soon, if not already, um, out for the year. Um, so rocks are always great, but, but it can really come down to, you know, are they in 10 foot of water today or are they in 15 foot of water today? Or are they in six foot of water today? Uh, you know, any, any log, any standing tree is always going to be, um, you know, it is always going to be kind of a target for a bass to go hide under, uh, to ambush prey. But a lot of times it, it's where that prey is, you know, where, where the small perch, you know, schooled up today, where the little bluegills at today, uh, that they have to go and find. And, and those fish move, they move rapidly, those, those little bait fish, you know, again, 15 foot, 12 foot, six foot. And you just got the bass got to track them down, and then we've we've got to track down the bass. Right, right. Is there anything that you do to help forecast where um, bass might be based off of I don't know other I guess, I guess prey species like base uh, uh, bait fish or bluegills. Um, you know that comes kind of down to what lake you're on, I guess would yeah. be the best answer there. You know, some lakes, bluegill is the is the primary source of food. Um, for for fish food, I should say. I mean, crawdads are the number one food for bass, no matter what lake you're on, river you're on. They're going to eat crawdads. But, you know, some lakes have huge population of bluegill. Some lakes have, uh, you know, a good crappie population. Uh, perch are huge favorite of bass uh if there's perch in that lake they're going to be chasing these small perch because perch that are one year old right now are about two inches long three inches long and it just it's just a perfect food for them uh you know nice and thin and and they really love to chase down perch uh you know so any any type of food like that and then you've got some of the bigger lakes in the state where, where they have the shad and you know then you know shad are uh worst worst nightmare to some lakes but but some lakes the bass love them and and they keep them in check so they make a fantastic food source for them too so really it really pays to do your homework um you know on rivers it's a lot of minnows and and shad on the mississippi river and on the lakes you know a lot of times it's going to be your bluegills uh, and, and smaller game fish like that so homework is definitely a key thing and the dnr website is great for that you know they've got a lake um on there and you can click on it and you can find out exactly what fish are in that lake uh, they have surveys uh, they used to have them on the lake links but you can look at old surveys where they've netted fish and and kind of see what's what's the predominant you know bait fish for the bass so, so that can be valuable too by doing your homework if you're going to a uh, you know a strange lake or you know meeting somebody at a lake that you haven't been to in a while it's good to do do some quick homework gotcha all right, so we talked about this just a, a little bit ago, but the question just popped in my head. Are you throwing a different bait 
based off of what the bottom is, whether it's like sand or mud or rocks? Oh, sure. Um, you know, any, any time we're, we're on the bottom, the, the biggest thing is getting snagged, getting hung up. You know, if you're constantly getting snagged, you're first, you're spooking fish by getting your boat too close or tromping on the shoreline or whatever. Um, so you, so you need to pick a bait that you can fish effectively and that's going to be different for each angler. Uh, you know, if there's a lot of rocks around, I don't care to throw a jig in it. Um, you know, it just, it just finds its way into those rocks and it just causes havoc for me. I'd rather throw a, a Texas rig, uh, bait in there. It just seems like it doesn't hang up as much. And with the, you know, there's so many different types of plastic baits anymore. You can get plastic baits that, that have that bigger profile like a jig does, uh, but won't hang up as bad, in my experience anyway. Yeah. Now, if you're on, like, smaller gravels and sand, like in river situations, uh, you know, there's a lot of different baits uh, that you can throw out there. One bait that I've done really well on the last few years is a swinghead jig. Um Tommy Biffle kind of made it famous on the Bass Master Elite Series in his career, but uh, basically it's um, it's a weight, and there's a large hook attached right to the weight, and then you tie your tie yourself tie your line right onto the weight, and the hook swings back and forth. Uh, thus, the name Swinghead Jig. Yeah. And you put any plastic on there you want—a crawbait, a worm, you know, a tube, anything you want—and you can. They're very heavy. Typically, I use a half ounce to start with, and then I'll go heavier. Uh, but it keeps it right on the bottom, on that little gravel or sand, and you just kind of drag it along like a slow crankbait. And you're in constant connection with the bottom, and it just stirs things up, especially current situations. And it is a fantastic bait for bass. That um, if you, if guys that are listening, if you just search, you know, biffle bug or swinghead jig. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic bait to have in your lineup. Uh, if you haven't tried it yet, it is it's awesome. It'll get you a lot more bites uh, and very easy to throw. Uh, you know, it doesn't doesn't hang up in smaller gravels. Uh, in sand, it's just fantastic. It has a little trail behind it. You know, a little cloud of trail behind it. it looks it looks fantastic down there. So yeah, you gotta you have to pick a bait that you can fish effectively. Um, at the same time, you want to kind of match the profile too. If they're going after smaller baits or, you know, you need something big, then you can get a, you know, a six inch, you know, brush hog or something to put on a Texas rig to make it that big profile like a jig and pig does. So yeah, play around and, and kind of see what, what you like and, and what your rods can handle too. You know, everybody likes different rods and different actions and, you know, some are made for heavier baits and some aren't. So you really have to kind of pick and choose what you like and and then match it with your rod too lots of information i love it now <laughs> um where does spring rank throughout the year as far as your favorite time to catch bass uh not that high okay <laughs> um everybody kind of has the itch and you know i i get the itch as soon as that ice goes out you know this year i was on clear lake one weekend and the next next weekend i was in the boat fishing uh on the river so you know I, i've got to itch just as bad as everybody but it, it's just so inconsistent with the water uh temperature and weather patterns that it's hard to pattern fish and you know and i've said that word a few times today but uh, you know pattern is to really kind of figure out where they're living 
what they're doing so they're easy to catch uh, is basically what that means. And it's just very difficult to do that this time of year. You've got rising water levels, water levels are dropping, you know, you got the barometric pressure, you've got colder water, warmer water, sunny days, cloudy days. There's just a lot of variables right now that are throwing the the ecosystem of these bass off. And right. so that's why it ranks probably at the very bottom gotcha. of my list. Uh, fall is fantastic. I love fall fishing, uh, October, November. And uh, the, the dead of summer is fun. I love July on those 100-degree days, um, sitting out there fishing in the weeds and throwing frogs and buzz baits. And, you know, I love that type of fishing too. But spring – Spring is probably on the bottom of my list. <laughs> gotcha. So, so you're saying that the next, the next time of the year that you really get excited for is the kind of the the hot summer months. Yep, yep. And even, uh, you know, like this, I would consider this spring, and by you know middle of May, that would be kind of when things really start picking up. You know, gotcha. the water stabilizes. You know, the fish are kind of doing what they're supposed to do, and they're. You know, you can start patterning them out and start catching them on a lot of different baits. And that's fun. Awesome. Well, Mr. Todd Reed, I appreciate you stopping by again and dropping some knowledge on us. Hey, it's my honor. My honor. Thank you. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Todd Reed, for hopping on the podcast once again and informing us on how to catch bass. If you haven't already, please take the time and go to the Iowa Sportsman website iowasportsman.com and there you're going to find a a lot of other great content uh, in in their blogs you can find the podcast there as well and uh, they also have the ability to subscribe to the magazine and there's also a ton of great content in there as well other than that hopefully everybody has a great weekend a great rest of the week and a, a great springtime overall Uh, And we'll talk to you next week.